Welcome to The Benefits Beat, the podcast that helps you navigate the complex world of benefits. Together, we're going to dive deep into the industry, breaking down the barriers and exploring different topics surrounding benefits. We'll be bringing in subject matter experts who will share their knowledge, offering tips and tricks to help you understand, and more importantly, benefit from your benefits. Whether it's health insurance, dental, vision, disability, or other total rewards you're offered, we've got you covered. Our aim is to empower you with the knowledge and understanding you need to make informed decisions. So join your hosts, Maggie and Zach, every two weeks as we explain the nuances, all in an effort to make it easier for you to navigate the world of benefits. Hi, I'm Maggie McConnell. And I'm Zach Warden. We are your co-hosts for Hub Haran's Employee Benefits Podcast, The Benefits Beat. Today, we're talking about stretching your healthcare dollars, and here to chat with us is one of our favorite people here at Hub Haran, Cassandra Rendina. Welcome. Cassandra is one of our benefit consultants here at Hub Haran, working with our clients, employees, in every area of benefits. Welcome to the podcast, Cassandra. Wow. Favorite people here at Hub Haran. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited (laughs) to be here. Cassandra, first first off, I think we talk about stretching your healthcare dollars. What do you think of when you hear that question? What are people, what comes to mind? Man, so many things. Um, I think right now in the landscape, the amount of money that people are spending on healthcare and pharmacy is just skyrocketing, right? So I think about the resources that employees and their family members have access to. So mobile apps, cost estimator tools, um, checking to make sure that their doctors, dentists, optometrists are in the network, um, yeah. calling the customer service lines just to ask the question before they're in the office um, at their appointment. Yeah, all things that could be helpful. Okay, so Cassandra, you pointed out some great tips um, that people can utilize, but if people do not have the traditional insurance, what tips or tricks would you have for them? So have you ever heard of Amazon? I have. Okay, well, um, (laughs) what's really interesting, um, things like Amazon, which we all know are out there in the marketplace, um, you don't need insurance to go to Amazon Clinic or even a, a Minute Clinic uh, through like a CVS pharmacy. Um, and I know sometimes people think, well, I can't go there for everything. No, you, you can't. But if you're just trying to get a regular checkup or you're coming down with something, cold, flu, sinus issues, um, that could be a good place to start for a lower cost versus, you know, having the traditional insurance model. Um, a lot of people think, oh, I'll just go to the ER, which emergency rooms are very expensive. So um, Amazon Clinic, of course, this isn't an ad or anything like that, but um, Amazon Clinic can treat a lot of the common ailments um, virtually or through a chat. You can, um, a lot of times it's 25 to 40 bucks depending on the service and depending on the state. So um, you could check that out as a tip. And do they prescribe as well? They sure do, yep. Um, so just like any other doctor's office, minute clinic, virtual, um, or a telemedicine provider, they certainly can prescribe you. Um, I'm sure they're limited I, um, to, you know, it, it wouldn't be your specialty meds or any high-cost brands or anything like that. But um, to get you through an antibiotic, an illness, uh, I don't see why not. I think that's kind of a good segue into our next question is the preventive care, right? You mentioned emergency emergency rooms are expensive. 
in terms of primary care, why is it so important of stretching your healthcare dollars, right? Why does that, in a sense, why does primary care, in a sense, save you money on healthcare? Well, you don't know what you don't know, right? So if you don't go to your doctor, you don't know what you could potentially have. So I think in relation to, to preventive health, um, there's, you know, people think, oh, I'm an otherwise healthy individual. I'm one of those, by the way. <laughs> um, and, and so you don't think, like, oh, my goodness, what do I need to go to the doctor for? Well, you could find yourself in a bad health situation in the future, so it's always best to get in front of that. Um, but taking care of yourself and knowing your numbers through a biometric screening, maybe an age or gender-related type of screening, um, a PCP, a primary care physician visit each year can help with this. Um, additionally, everyone hopefully gets their teeth cleaned a couple times a year, right? So getting that dental exam can help with throat or mouth cancer screenings and then uh, a vision, the retinal exam that helps detect uh, diabetes early on. So I there's just had one of those this morning. Yeah, there, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, tons, there's tons of ways to know uh, your numbers before something escalates. So I think getting ahead of that preventive care is definitely beneficial for all. And most of the time, those are at no cost to employees, correct? Yeah. So as long as nothing is diagnosed or anything diagnostic from mm. the visit, um, yes, absolutely. And you're going to an in-network provider, you absolutely shouldn't have to be paying uh, a cost for the visit. Yeah. We actually just had this conversation with one of our clients um, last week and they were confused as to why some things were preventive, some things were under a diagnostic code. Essentially, the way she explained it, and I, I love this way, is if you go in healthy and you come out healthy, it's going to mm -hmm. go under preventative. If you go in healthy and you don't come out healthy, right, you, they say, hey, you have X, Y, Z, then it transforms into that that diagnostic stage. Might be a poster that goes into <laughs> yeah. the uh, primary care physician's yeah. office. Um, yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head for sure. Uh, unfortunately, you know, if you think about you go into a visit and although you think you're healthy, maybe, maybe you did come down with something or maybe something comes back abnormal. It, I would, if it were me, I'd much rather have one visit versus another visit um, if I'm there already and already waited in the waiting room, <laughs> then at least, you know, they can, they can help me out or prescribe um, a medication that could help with whatever is being diagnosed. So I think the intent is to, you know, have uh, an opportunity for the patient just to come in once if that's, a, you know, an option. Mm -hmm. Uh, versus having the first be preventive, the second be diagnostic. Now you've got to spend an extra fee for the office visit in addition to whatever they're treating. So, um, but you're absolutely right. So Cassandra, I know you already kind of mentioned, you know, different places of care and different costs. Um, I think recently telemedicine and, you know, the digital health platforms have become big throughout COVID and everyone is getting more familiar with them. Um, but just for people that haven't utilized these, so how do you think these tools can really help people save money on healthcare while still getting that access to medical professionals? Yeah, great question. So telemedicine and all of the, the virtual care platforms are so many of them now. So you've got your traditional that are typically partnered, I would say, with your maybe employer-sponsored 
health plan, Mm -hmm. right? And then you might have some other resources that are available to you as well. Um, But I'll kind of break those two up if that's okay. So telemedicine, so I think about, you know, an ailment in the the middle of the night or if you have kids who are young um, coming down with something at, you know, 2 a.m. Sounds fun, right? As a parent, you know, you can't take your kid to their primary care physician or their pediatrician, right? Um, But you can video a doctor because they're 24-7 access and, and typically, you know, sinus issues, pink eye, rashes, coughs, just common ailments a lot of times can be treated right over the phone or through the, the video chat. And uh, they, they cost way less than going into an office visit or sometimes they're even free if you're on a PPO plan. Uh, typically, um, it's going to be your office visit copay or, or sometimes mm-hmm. even free just depending on the plan. Um, so you'll want to check that. But um, virtual care options can also include, I, I think about mental health and how it's just exploded, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of people, they either find it hard to get in or they want to do the therapy or counseling session right from the comfort of their own home. So um, I think telemedicine absolutely has gone um, crazy mm-hmm. in the last few years, especially due to COVID, because people are just used to gaining access through a virtual environment lately. Well, and I love that you bring up mental health. Um, so I think especially with the popularity in mental health, um, a lot of what I've been seeing is a lot of medical professionals in that space aren't even accepting insurance or, you know, it's something you have to do manually or whatever it is. So I think those virtual cares that you bring up are a great option for a lower cost, whether it's through insurance, through not, but use your, utilize your resources and your plan, you know, to get that care. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, you will have the opportunity to schedule with the same doctor or therapist, for mm-hmm. example, um, just because you see one person doesn't mean it's one and done, right? You can reschedule your next visit with them when you're on the phone, which is really nice mm-hmm. too. Um, but you bring up a great point. You're right. A lot of the health professionals in the mental health space specifically don't take insurance or it's really hard to find them mm-hmm. or get into the office. So these virtual options are just a little bit nicer to have because at least you can see which times and dates are available and and what are convenient for you. So Cassandra, you've mentioned a couple of different things that are skyrocketing and that's over COVID, whatever. Let's talk about something else that's skyrocketing is prescription drug costs, right? Oh, geez. (laughs) (laughs) You think about everything from maintenance medications to all the awesome special specialty medications that cure different diseases, but are insanely expensive to the, to the employee. Insane. uh, Ridiculous, right? But what are some ways that employees, their families, their kids can go about trying to contain pharmacy costs and making sure that they're getting the best price? Great question. This is so timely. So great questions. (laughs) (laughs) So generally speaking, I think um, the amount of solutions is very broad nowadays. So I think the majority of people, maybe our listeners, are familiar with. Good RX coupons mm-hmm. right there at the pharmacy, right? So that's still a very popular option. And I would encourage anyone to check out um, Good RX, type in your prescription drug, um, the, the dosage, 
um, what type of, if it's a tablet, a capsule, et cetera. And then you can start to compare costs, right? And Mark Cuban's website. Yeah, so Mark Cuban has a program called uh, Cost Plus Drugs, um, largely just generics at this point. I want to say last time I checked, there's about 800 plus generic drugs part of the Cost Plus Drug uh, program. And yes, it is Mark Cuban's. And I think it's in response to these climbing drug costs and just the amount of profit that these pharmacy benefit managers are making. So I think it's a great testament that uh, Mark Cuban's trying to make to help consumers with the rising costs of drugs. Uh, so check that one out. And then there are a couple through Amazon. So Amazon's got their own pharmacy. And then within the Amazon pharmacy, there's a program called Rx Pass. Um, so Rx Pass, P-A-S-S. And if you are someone who likes Amazon, maybe you do, maybe you don't, I would still encourage you to check out your drug prices on there, especially if you're taking a maintenance medication because the Rx Pass cost will be zero, zero dollars uh, for a lot of the maintenance medications. And um, if you know anything about Amazon, you know that they have Prime, which means you get two-day shipping for free. So that's a pretty nice perk if that is something that falls in your category where you're taking a maintenance drug, you want to maybe switch it to Amazon Pharmacy. Rx Pass is part of that and will get you maybe access to free drugs. Um, the nice thing about Amazon Pharmacy, too, without the RX Pass, they do um, they do fill brands and generics, just depending on what it is, um, but they also will compare it to your insurance. So if you want to plug in your insurance information, it'll show you the Amazon price, and then it'll show you the negotiated price uh, with your insurance carrier as yeah. well. So kind of a neat tool. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely urge people to, to check it out if you're used to just going to Kroger or CVS or Walgreens and just paying whatever the screen does, um, you might not be optimizing your costs as, as well as you could using some of these programs. Maggie, I'm going to flip this to you. Okay, switching gears here a little bit. Um, so health savings accounts and flexible spending accounts, um, they offer potential tax advantages. Can you go into a little bit about how these work and kind of share tips and tricks and how you can leverage those to uh, help your healthcare costs? Yeah, of course. So health savings accounts and flexible spending accounts are great tools and absolutely offer some pre-tax savings. So if you are on a high-deductible health plan, you are typically eligible to contribute pre-tax dollars or set aside those dollars in a health savings account to spend on eligible medical, dental, and or vision expenses. And then same with a healthcare FSA or a flexible spending account, except those are partnered with a PPO plan. Um, so likely there's another podcast that might go into more detail on these accounts, but what I, what I really like and pro tip, <laughs> I, I think HSAs and FSAs are just two of the most underutilized tools that people are really missing out on. So even if you think, okay, uh, an HSA, an FSA, maybe if I don't max out the entire amount per year, you know, it, it, 
kind of lightens the the sticker shock when you're ready to pay for a medical or a dental bill, right? So don't forget about that money in those funds that you've accumulated over the year and make sure that you're either, maybe you're saving for retirement. Maybe you can pay in full um, using maybe your, your healthcare um, dollars that you've banked up in either of those types of accounts. Um, and another tip that I've come across over the years in just consulting with my clients, um, hsastore.com and fsastore.com, those are two sites where you can actually use your funds on things like, you know, ibuprofen, sunscreen. Mm -hmm. If you've got um, acne, there's a lot of different things that are approved on those two sites, depending on which account you have. So an HSA or an FSA, there's a separate site and they're all approved. So it's really nice, especially for, you know, accounts that have a use it or lose it, like a flexible spending account. You can just hop on fsastore.com. If you kind of overshot how much you put into the account and it's going to expire, you can buy band-aids for a whole year. Mm -hmm. Stock up your uh, stock up your storage. Day. Yeah, Neosporin, all your uh, allergy meds. So it's all on there. I just think that um, sometimes, although you don't want to blow the funds, if if you find yourself in that situation, um, they are you won't be penalized for using your funds on those sites. You dropped a little a little bit of a tip, I'd say. Um, so you mentioned that FSA funds expire year over year. I think that's. Mainly the difference outside of being one, a high deductible health plan and flexible spending accounts being a PPO. But talk a little bit about the differences of year over year. What's the difference between the two and why it matters? Yeah. So health savings accounts, that's your bank account. I would say um, the one of the main differences between between the two is your, your HSA funds never expire. Uh, so you brought up a great point about FSA dollars potentially being use it or lose it or expiring. So depending on how your plan is set up, uh, you could have a grace period. You could have a carryover. It will. It really will um, depend on your employer and that plan that's offered. But um, HSAs are never going to expire. That money, regardless if you leave the organization or not. Um, those funds are yours to keep and those never expire, which is nice. So, you know, you can you can only contribute to an HSA if you're enrolled in a high deductible health plan. And then for the flexible spending account, a health care is for a PPO plan. But there's a couple other types of flexible spending accounts as well. So limited FSAs and dependent care FSAs. So all um, tax advantage accounts. So Maggie, I've got a question for you. Tables have turned. That. Yes. Yeah. So we talked about all of these prescription drug resources. Do you mind talking about, I know you've been really open about um, being a type 1 diabetic. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, do you have any tips on how you g- maybe get your insulin or your different medications for the lowest cost possible? Mm-hmm. Well, all the programs you talked about, while amazing as they are, a lot of them are only generic or they don't ship insulin because it needs to be refrigerated or something like that. So it is a little harder to utilize those. Um, but I am on high deductible health plan because I love health saving my health savings account. So that is typically what I use. So I try to budget, you know, every year, you know, based on what I know I'm going to spend on insulin per year. But if there is any time the pricing changes or it is out of my budget for the year, you know, if there's something that I can tweak a little bit, 
I utilize my HSA funds for that because it really, um, really takes off, you know, the tax advantage savings are really takes off kind of that, you know, sharp edge of the price that I'm looking at when I'm ever, you know, at the pharmacy paying those very large costs for my insulin. Well, Cassandra, thanks for joining us today. Any, before we go, any final tips and tricks for our listeners that maybe they need to know? Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I think if I had to put three main points together to help consumers like myself and like the both of you, I would say estimate your costs before you get to the doctor's office. Um, Nothing worse than being at the counter or getting a bill in the mail and you just had no idea that's what it costs (laughs) uh, to get an office visit. Um, Number two, I would say make sure you're leveraging all of the different programs that are literally designed to help consumers beat the increase of you know, healthcare costs, pharmacy costs. So your, your programs like GoodRx, pricing um, prescriptions. So um, Mark Cuban's Cost Plus Drugs, another one, your Amazon pharmacy. Um, those are all great. And then number three, I would say really leverage your employer-sponsored benefit package the best way you can. So for example, if you've got a health savings account that is offered at your employer and they put money into that fund, um, make sure that, you know, you're cognizant of that. And if you can throw in a little bit too, that's great. Um, and, and like I said, none of those funds expire if you've got that HSA. So, um, I would say that's probably, I would say those are the three that, that come to mind that are easy to incorporate into your everyday care cycle. And I know I'm going to add one more just because I know she's passionate about this one. Always negotiate your medical bills. Heck yeah. I think if you're at the hospital and it seems even high for whatever procedure you're getting done or something, call up the hospital, ask for an itemized receipt. See what they're charging you twice for or what they mischarged you for. Yep. Call that office. See if paying in full gets you a 10% discount. You tell them what you want to (laughs) pay. See see if that helps you. Uh, Yeah, just because you get a bill doesn't mean what's on that bill is what you have to pay. Sometimes they'll even do payment plans. You never know until you ask, right? I, so I was talking to somebody last night about this exact same topic, and I said, if you don't look out for yourself, they don't care. Exactly. They're not going to look out for They're you. They're not looking out for you. Exactly. Well, awesome. Well, thank you for being here today, Cassandra. We loved having you. Thank you. I have to keep up my title of... Uh, favorite person at Hub Haran. <laughs> one of the favorite people at Hub Haran, you know? There you go. Uh, well, thank you, guys. It's been, it's been a great journey, and hopefully our listeners... Learn some tips today. Nothing we say in this podcast is representative of any specific plan and should not be considered as legal, regulatory, or accounting advice. If there are any discrepancies between what we say and your plan document, your plan document will prevail. If you have any questions about your benefits, please reach out to your HR representative. Thanks for tuning in today. Our suggestion box is always open, so if you have a question you would like us to answer or a topic you would like us to cover, send us a message on Instagram at The Benefits Feed. And remember to subscribe on your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode and be sure to follow us on social media for more benefit tips and tricks.